Good afternoon, everybody. We've got a juicy topic for you today. We're going to be talking about investing on today's Real Estate Lab. Our host today is Crystal, and I'm going to pass it to her so we can go ahead and get started right away. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to be talking about investing in Austin. I'm going to be your host today, and my co-hosts are... Oh, wait, this way. This way. That way. <laughs> hey, everybody. I go by Ian of Austin everywhere on the internet. Glad to have you. Let's go with uh, below. JJ Tolentino, Next Level Property Group, ready to talk about how to make some money. I like it. Hi, everybody. I'm Liberty Walker with Pure Realty. Okay. So, Austin is one of the hottest real estate markets in the nation. We know that. Mm -hmm. uh, with the strong market, incre increasing population, and increasing job opportunities, it's attracting a lot of um, homeowners, especially investors, to the Lone Star State. Um, and so today we're going to discuss why you should invest in Austin, where to invest, and then how to go about your investment. If you already have a property and don't know what to do with it, that's also something that we can discuss. So um, we have a lot of information for you guys. Um, and so uh, let's get started. So I guess first we're going to talk about the stats in of Austin. And then we're going to start with um, sort of the job market. So um, I've read that employment is expected to increase 1.6%, uh, and it increased uh, last year by 3.3%. Um, so that's, that's something that is pretty good for Austin. Um, and then unemployment is currently at 2.6%, which is you know still pretty low. Uh, we also have Amazon coming, Tesla is also coming, which means more jobs, which means more people are getting employed. Ian, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I, th I think uh, you hit the nail on the head as far as the demand being here. And I've talked about it a lot. And I, th I think we've all talked about it a lot. Just the amount of jobs, thousands and thousands of jobs are coming here. You've still got the Kalahari. You've still got uh, Dell, which is a, a very popular um, a very popular computer. Uh, and they own other things. They own other software. Apple, uh, Google, uh, Oracle. There's just there are all these companies out here that just they're they're growing and expanding and uh, there are no signs of slowing down. So I think that's important when we're considering uh, investing in Austin. Yeah, I think I think that another thing that's not slowing down is that the real estate is appreciating so steadily upwards. So that's something that we've seen and we can I can only assume will keep happening in the future. And also um, home prices, they've increased 5% since last year. We've, we've looked at that in one of our market statistics episodes uh, in the past. And then um, today I saw that what was really interesting is that 55% of households are renter occupied. So there are a lot of people renting. And so that means that they're a lot of renters that need homes. So if you are in the position to buy an investment property, you will have those occupancies. Yeah, I think Austin's just, it's been a hot spot for a very, very long time. And it's, it's 
more popular because of the jobs and the tech companies. And I've done research on the most resilient real estate markets mm. and the industries. It, it revolves around tech. If you're a tech city like a San Francisco, you, you've been pretty solid at employment, at home appreciation. And that's pretty much what's going on in Austin. And yeah. if you look at the home appreciation in San Francisco right now, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I think the median price point is like 1.5 or something, 1.7. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah, it's up there. That is wild. So with the stats in mind, does anyone have an idea of like where someone could, you know, buy um, or what to buy? Well, I think that if we look at what's currently on the market today, um, you know, today, this morning, I looked and there were 60 available properties that were duplexes. So maybe, maybe multifamily homes, There, there's not a lot of inventory. Maybe single family homes is the way to go. I don't mm. know. I, I love that you said that. I think just specifying, because there are all types of investors, right? If you, uh, you have people that are looking to buy a single family home and rent that out, there are people that are looking to buy multi-unit. Maybe they have uh, two, three, or four commercial investors. And then there's people that just buy their own house and they consider that their investment because it makes more sense to do that sometimes than um, put their money elsewhere. And so I think I think the types of investment is uh, important consideration. So I'm going to ask that question. I'm going to throw that up there. I don't know how everybody feels about that. What do you think? Eh. I know. I, one of those I, what do you think? I consider it an investment, especially since I've you know, I bought my home five years ago. I can see I, you know, I had an appraisal done this year because I did a refinance and I was like, whoa, made the right choice. So everybody should do the same thing. That's have have you seen that for your client? Anybody else seen that for their clients? Like they bought yeah. a house, let's say two, three, four years ago and they're trying to sell it or they they've done an evaluation. What have we seen around the board? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen clients buy homes and like, they have a, when when they bought in and you know did their appraisal for their lender, um, like they're they bought it with like maybe three or five k towards like equity already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, JJ? I think there's a spectrum. I think if you buy your own house, you are putting your your money towards something better mm -hmm. rental ownership, so that's good. But then you have that investment spectrum, right? Like let's put Warren Buffett at the sure. the king of investors. Sure. After a home investment, I would consider somebody that's renting out rooms in their house, you know, a more savvy investor. And then I'll start, yeah, I'd start considering, you know, somebody that is remodeling their house for equity, maybe even a little bit savvier. They're calculating the granite countertops are gonna do this. And then if you start buying more properties, then, then you're you're getting closer to Warren, Warren Buffett. So yeah, I think uh, it's good entry level, but like there's a lot more to play with with real estate to to be like investor investor. But yeah, I think you're investing your money, so it does make you an investor. 
I love that point because if you're a home buyer, I feel like you do, you should consider some of those things as, you know, like, you know, does it have a two car garage? Is the garage converted? Like what, if I decide to sell in five years, like what is that going to mean for me? Right. Have any of you heard of uh, this one guy that goes by the name of Dave Ramsey? I think it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Dave Ramsey, I'm just kidding, obviously. How about, how about, um, uh, who was the other one? Grant Cardone. You heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. So both of them, I think, kind of echo the same sentiment. I, they say that a house is not an investment until it's cash flowing. Mm -hmm. Until then, it's a debt. Now, there are a couple ways to look at that because, because in my mind, if if you're not paying your mortgage, you're paying someone else's. Right. And that's another really popular quote. So if you're not paying your mortgage, you're paying someone else's. That means you're renting. Now, as long as you're able to, let's see, as, if you're paying someone else's mortgage, as long as you're taking any savings, any difference, and putting that toward another investment that's giving you a greater return, then you're probably in a good spot. So, let, like an example would be if you're paying $500 a month for an apartment and you're taking the extra $1,000 or sorry, $1,500 a month that you would be spending toward a mortgage and you put it into, let's say, a stock, then that would be one good reason to not own. But otherwise, I think housing is a, is a solid, uh, stable investment. Yeah, it's very, it's very long term. And again, I feel like I say this on every podcast. The path is in the math, you know, depending on X amount of money you put in, X amount of money return. You could you could see if it's in your equity in the house versus let's say you're renting and you had that in the stock market. You could definitely play that game and see who's because at the end of the day, it's net worth. Like, mm. what's up with your net worth? And are you actively doing anything to invest for your net worth to, to go up? Right. What are you doing to get? Yeah, it's it's there's a baseline mm -hmm. and that baseline is zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and everything that you buy, you're either going down or up and yep. a house is going to be a huge chunk down in the beginning. Right. Like it's going to go whoop, because you're getting rid of savings or something. Yeah. Um, you got those a promise yep. How about this one? I like I that. I think that's, worth, I think that's worth talking about in, in the area. So hold on. Sorry. We, I was going to say, Crystal was going to say something too. I didn't want to yeah. cut her off. Oh no, no. I was just reading the question. Or, Liberty. Were you going to say something? Somebody was going to say something. I think I was going to say what JJ was going to say, which is so many people are, you know, you mentioned that, you know, Tesla, Apple, all these companies, like people are moving here and they're going to continue to move here. And so, swoop up the properties now while you still can and then sell it back to them when they're in need. You know, that's my. That's a, that's an, a good point. Like we, yeah, I think we're all pretty confident that it's going to appreciate. I think that's something that we all kind of echoed. So. Yeah. It also depends on what exactly do you want? Like what, what um, are you looking to, you know, profit now or profit later? 
profit. Sure. That's kind of what I wanted. Like, that's kind of what I asked myself. Yeah. Were you going to say something about this one, JJ? The what's a deal? What do you consider a deal in investing? Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what strategy. I think a lot of people might be listening. Like, what? What would they do? Uh, maybe someone could speak on. I got fifty thousand, or maybe definitely entry level. Get a house in Austin. That could yeah. work. And then maybe somebody has a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand. Other ready to sell a house. Do you see any strategies that you think make Austin or parts of Austin or the greater Austin area a spot or a strategy to do? Sure. I've got thoughts. What do you ladies think? <clears throat> well, I, I was thinking like price points. Like you said, if you had $100,000 to invest, mm -hmm. would you buy, you know, a straight up $100,000 maybe a condo, maybe that's all we could find, like a dilapidated trailer and then try to salvage that and flip it or rent it out? Or would you get together with maybe some other investors and go into a higher price point for the better potential for the flip? Yeah. That's kind of where, that's kind of where I think. I think if you could get in at 350 at least, then there's a greater opportunity for return once the flip is flipped and sold. Yeah, I think there's something there. So on one of our recent podcasts with the market update, the what was the median price point roughly in the 372. area? Three seventy-two. Yeah, three eighty something. Like high high threes, maybe low high fours. Threes, high, yeah. It was high threes, low fours. Yeah, it was low fours. Thing. So. The way I look at it sometimes is if you get anything under there, like low threes, like 300 flat, there there could be, if you could find something, at, if you could get that 300 flat and it has that opportunity to sell for 400 and you could put enough in it, you know, I, I like staying under the median price point, seeing that spread, working with the spread, seeing how much you have to throw in there and then calculating the profit. So when you said 300s, that made me think of staying under the median and what areas are doing that for, I mean, there's a lot of pockets think, like that. I think another way to look at it is like, I know we've been talking about residential properties that are kind of already on land, but what about what, but what about just land without like before mm -hmm. building that house? That for example, like when we talked about the last video, or I don't know, I guess the last two, we talked about um, buying land and then building on it, and then maybe you can profit off of that if you sell the home. Because I know, I know, I know a lot of investors who buy the land, hire builders um, and architects to build that house and then sell it. What I what a lot of a lot of the conversations I've had with clients ends up being land is so expensive. Right, like just yeah. just land by itself. So that's why here we end up having a lot of people that will buy, you know, like Liberty said, a property that's not doing so hot, offer them a little more than what they feel they could get if they were to try to sell it online, and um, or maybe a little less even, and then turn that into like a really nice property or two, and because uh, it takes cash to be able to do that, it takes 
It, it takes, does. It has to have, it takes liquidated cash in hand. Liquid. Yes. And you need to have someone walk the property with you before you just start willy nilly making offers on things because you need someone that can say like, that's a foundation issue. That's a roof issue. Mm -hmm. At least with land, you kind of have an idea that you're going to be starting from the bottom up. But even then, like, Ian's you got to make sure there's like a, like a system going on, like a septic and you got to make sure there's water. You got to make sure there's an electric pole to, you know, have electricity. So, so Crystal, because you're familiar with builds, I've, again, I've had people do that exact thing. Say, oh, I want to buy some land. I just want to buy some raw land. And then I say, yeah, but do you realize that it's going to cost you a lot to turn it from raw land to, you know, almost improved, yeah. improved lot. Do you, can you give me an idea? Let's say an acre, just a hypothetical. I know you can't hold anybody to these numbers, but like an average cost that people should think about if they're just buying an acre of raw land to, to get like utilities and things like that cost huh just to improve I mean, like to improve the lot if anybody has lot, i would say a few grand to be honest because you have to hire people to um clearing trees sort of, yeah chop off those trees grade um the, the the land so that you know you can prep it for you know uh concrete or yeah for the foundation um and then just make sure that, yeah, it's just, there's a lot to it. So I would say a few grand. What do you think, JJ or Liberty? Yeah, I think this is, this goes again on spectrums. Yep. There's, uh, that's a higher level. The barrier of entry to get into building, I think there's actually more investment opportunity for that level of an investor. Okay. But they really got to understand like, hey, I'm going to go into this land. I'm going to carve it out. I'm going to put in utilities and I'm estimating tens of thousands of dollars, maybe with the build architectural renderings, things aren't even like really being there yet. And, and then you got to build out for, they, I think the, the percentage I've heard was 20% of the total investment is how much the land is. Sure. And wow. you know what? We can see that in the uh, the tax records for a property, right? We can see what yeah. the, the city mm -hmm. or the county thinks that it's worth, right? And it, yeah, you're right, JJ. It's generally about 20% for a for a, an average size yard. So let's say... Uh, I don't know, so imagine, so I saw a property downtown or there's like a lot of empty small little lots downtown that are like at 2 million already. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So imagine yep. that just being 2%. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so 20%, 20%. What people are paying for, you're, so it, when you're downtown uh, or somewhere in close proximity to a place that people really want to be, you know, that triple location thing, you're, you're paying for what's called an opportunity cost, right? The opportunity to put something in that will end up cash flowing even more. Right. Or, you know, if you were going to sell it, you're going to get even more of a cushion because of it. Right. So that's why you can put a condo, you know, two condos on that lot and then sell each one for a million when, right. you know, really the land is only worth $200,000. If that, that's if, if that, you know, but people will pay it because they realize the opportunity cost. They realize the appreciation. They realize the long tail 30 year, 50 year value. You know, there are people, people aren't, 
true investors aren't playing with these small numbers. They're playing with the they're playing the longer game. Yeah. I think. How about rents? What do you think about rents? Like does anybody when when you talk to your clients, do you talk about like what the rental prices are? I do. I yeah. do. I work with people looking for leases and people who are buying. So I, I kind of know what things are going for yeah. rent wise and rents are pretty high, but not, yeah. I don't know if they're high enough to justify the home sales price. That's, that's always kind of like my, cause if you're going to buy an investment property, let, I mean, I'm going to get my calculator out. Let's say you're going to buy an investment property for $400,000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so monthly rent for that home, it, I'm thinking about Anderson Mill because that's always where I think Anderson Mill. So let's say okay. we're renting out that maybe you could get $2,300. Yep. That's like yep. at the top. Yep. So the, if you're doing the 2% rule, where you need 2% of the sales price to be equal to the monthly rent income, that's $8,000. That's not going to work, right? So I don't know how people are doing it. Or They're not. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> it's, it's for, uh, yeah. So there are so many, so many variables, right? Like when people are talking about these investments. So one, it's not only what is the mortgage payment on the house, but you also have to think if you're paying down this mortgage, someone else. So you, it's, it's the equity improvement for the property plus the rent rental income, right? So, so the rental income plus the equity improvement of the property. So if you're appreciating at 10%, annually and you're getting you know 80% of the rent that's the number that has to be added right M minus whatever your outgoing expenses are which are generally repairs maybe property management costs and it worries me because people try to do they try to manage it themselves and you know I have no qualms against people doing that um, but I, I think it gets tricky especially if you have more than one property do you have anybody, do you have any people that have done that have said, oh, no, 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 I'll manage it myself and then end up calling you later or calling someone saying I need a property manager? I have a few people I'm waiting to hear from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, a whole business. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's a whole business. So, and I'm just going to mention this for the people that are listening on Spotify and then just anybody, right? The, the notion that a lot of realtors, a lot of realtors are not allowed or do not do property, perform property management services because it's the number one profession. I think I'm correct with this. Number one profession that gets sued in the state of Texas, licensed profession that gets sued in the state really? of Texas. Yeah. And cool. so our E&O insurance would skyrocket if we were property managers. So I would gladly hand that off. I hope somebody lease out a place, but then after that, I am done because as soon as the contract comes to a close realtors aren't part of the the transaction so and i'm glad to not be so so what are so i guess a question for all you guys is what yeah. are we seeing in austin are we seeing more people who want to buy and sell um buy and hold or like rent out i love that question what are you seeing jj 
investor wise, I see a lot of investors, honestly, that they, they think they could find something. Um, I've seen some 20% down buy and hold, uh, breaking or 30% down, 30% down is pretty solid. Uh, yeah. the way I look at Austin, it's kind of the greater Austin area on the fringes. You could do like a Leander. I've seen some like hidden Lake East Pflugerville stuff. Yep. I like that. You said 30%. Why did you say that? Just to, for anybody who doesn't know. JJ, you're frozen. No. Is it to avoid PMI and well, yeah, the, the cost, you, there's a cost to being able to invest. The lenders won't um, give you, oh, we lost JJ. Sorry about that. Yeah. Lenders, lenders, uh, in order to get an investment loan, I believe it's, today, I believe it's 25% uh, minimum to be able to um, have a second, second mortgage uh, investment property. Okay. Okay. And then that starts a whole nother conversation about like, financing investment property it know? does it does hey i got a i got an idea i want to throw out here's what i heard i was reading an article they said imagine you've got all these bars and business owners that are empty you know uh, bars that are empty downtown what if they allowed people to just rent out that space and charge whatever the mortgage would have been for that so if it if it's let's say a restaurant and you could do some kind of commune because there are apartments that do that right like a group uh like a hostile sit hostel that's right yeah. hostile situation hostile. where you have a group of people that <laughs> it out because you might have multiple rooms so imagine if the restaurant owner just says okay yeah let me rent this space out uh and charge whatever my mortgage or whatever my yeah lease would have been for that or mortgage if it's a property owner in the commercial space they said why not do that and i thought i don't i think that's genius Right? What yeah, I would totally live in like a walk-in closet converted into a, I mean, that's on New York. <laughs> people are buying tiny homes. You know how much, you know how much square footage is in a tiny home? 250? Like 50, less than four, less than so, four. So in order to make it legally certifiable as a tiny home, it has to be 398 square feet or less. I think it's 400 square feet, but they do 398 or less to make sure that they can classify it as that, right? So, I mean, a restaurant, they've got a bunch of 400 square foot sections that they could create. And a lot of people, I mean, that's plenty of space for many people, many single people. I don't know about couples or pets and all that, but. I think that just goes to show you so many people need housing here. So many people are coming here. We're growing exponentially. Like, Think of what it would do for the homeless population. I mean, some of those tents they're creating look pretty cool. I'm like, I would rent that out for, you know, 600 bucks. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. So you have a restaurant. Let's say you can fit, let's say you can fit, you know, fit 20 people in this restaurant space and each one of them is giving you $200 a month. Are you going to, are you going to manage property, manage that? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not property <laughs> managing anything. My, you know, does not cover property management services. Thank you. <laughs> right. So that's funny. Right. So let's see. I think JJ, JJ, can, are you back? Can you hear us? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. 
So back to what you were saying about that 30%, what does that mean? So to, to get in the game, we're talking about these rental rates, like Anderson mill, it's tough. The, there's the, the golden rule, like 1% rule. So yeah, you could get a little closer. You just have to leave Austin because city of Austin's super hot. What I've seen, and again, this is dependent on how you shop in, what you come across, who the seller is, uh, maybe like a North Leander East Pflugerville, 30% down. Then you could do a rent and hold possibly cash flow break even. That's, yeah. that's some of the stuff I've, I've seen if, if you want to do 30% and still have an opportunity to, to, to surf out appreciation. I think that could be a, a play or a deal for somebody out there. Californians, maybe whoever. Just a time check FYI. We've got to. Yeah. So I guess to close this out, I want to ask everybody to tell the viewers your number one tip, number one investing tip that you would give to somebody. Oh, I like that. I like that. Ladies first. I would, <laughs> I would always say consider if you could do multifamily and then occupy one of the spots. So get a quad, get a duplex and live in half of it. And that's what I would say is like the best golden opportunity for yourself. You can leverage that as a primary residence. That's a really good tip. I love it. For me, it's more numbers. Figure out what number you're looking for. And and be, yeah, just figure out what number you're looking for. What do you think, JJ? I would say, kind of piggybacking off of Crystal a bit. So you got your number. I would say find your team, as in one of us four real estate agents to help you walk through the process, including a, a property manager, because Ian's not going to property manage that for you. Nope. nope. <laughs> a CPA, a lender, an inspector, have all these people, a contractor ready for you to run the numbers through. So the tip is build your team. That's good. A good one. Ooh, I have one more that's real fast. I would just say <laughs> quick, strike while the iron's hot. Don't Ooh. hesitate. It's a good one. I think I'm going to say, um, understand what the word investment means to you. Ooh. And if it means a percentage of income or a percentage increase, what is that percentage and what's the best way for you to reach that? So let's say it's, you want to have 10% growth on your investment, then you have to understand what that means and what conduit can get you there. Mm -hmm. Most of the time there is a way real estate can get you there, but which method, whether it's a flip, whether it's a buy and hold and over how long, these are the things that matter most when people are looking to invest in anything, uh, yep. but especially real estate in Austin. All right. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Love it. Thank you all. Bye-bye, everybody. Very cool. <laughs>